Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. We're live from Woi Woi Oval and we're at the rugby finals and things about to get underway in around about one hour from now. Terrigal versus Avoca in the main game later on today at 4.20. That's the major final. Carryong versus the Razorbacks. That one is an elimination final at 2.15. So that's in first grade. Our first game today, also Avoca versus Terrigal at 10.10 in the President's Cup. Premier 2 is the Lakes up against Avoca Beach and the women's 10s. Looking forward to this game as well at 1.20. Terrigal also up against Avoca Beach. So you can see the two seaside clubs, a couple of juggernaut clubs, playing in the main games today. Very strong club, Stephen. Good morning to you and the listeners. What a great day it is. And how good's the overlooking, Steve? Why are we over? It looks impeccable. Yeah, Absolutely well, brilliant. Michael, it is the hallowed turf. We've got yeah. beautiful blue sky and sunshine on this Saturday. Welcome to all of our listeners. And what a lineup we've got this morning. So in a moment, we'll go straight to Margaret Beardsley. Yep. One, one of the great events is on this weekend. It's the GNW 100. So what would you choose, Buttes? 100 kilometres or 100 oh, miles? Mate, definitely the 100 kilometres, mate. There's no way I'm doing 100. 100 kilometres is enough, let alone doing 100 miles. That's 160 days or something. Yeah. That's ridiculous. What a challenge that is. And, uh, you know, some of the times are unbelievable. So yep. we'll go to Margaret in a moment. Uh, also, the NRL finals are underway. Nathan Cleary back. Penrith, one game away from a grand final, Michael. Masterclass from Nathan Cleary last night. And, you know, they just clicked in the gear. They were so good. This is a team, you know, Nathan Cleary hasn't played for five weeks. And I heard uh, Ivan talking on the radio on my way here, and he was saying that he could just tell he had that look in his eye. He had that, you know, hunger in his belly that, you know, he had to make up for the last five weeks. And... He did that last night, and I've got no doubt that he will be chomping at the bit uh, over the next couple of weeks to get in that uh, preliminary final, and whoever that may be. But what about the other games we've got uh, coming up in the uh, the NRL? Yeah, Storm uh, Raiders, so that game at 5.40. And you know what? The Storm go in there with a lot of... Oh, sorry, the Raiders go in there with a lot of confidence. They're, you know, they're on the back of four wins in a row. Uh, tonight's game, we've got the Sharks and the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, what do you expect from that, Buttes? I reckon it's going to be super close. I think for me, the Sharks at home will have an advantage, and it's great to see they've managed to sell out on 11,000 tickets at their stadium. It's a real shame that we couldn't get a bigger crowd, or the, you know, they obviously earned the right to play at their home ground, but 11,000 for a, a major semi-final, it's a, a little bit disappointing. As long though, as they're packed to the rafters. They will and, be packed. And then the blockbuster <sighs> tomorrow at 4.05, Roosters up against the Rabbitohs. Also, Buttes last night. The AFL final series is the best I've ever seen, and we're only two weeks in. So last night, the reigning premiers go out. Melbourne are out of the competition. What a comeback by Brisbane. Down by 28 points. They will now meet the Cats in a prelim next Friday night. Absolutely incredible by Brisbane. In the first quarter, I said to my son, Corey, 
Brisbane may as well start planning the postseason trip. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you in six months. And then somehow they turn it around in the... I think it was 12 goals to two in the second half. And Brisbane haven't won at the G. They have not won at the MCG since 2014. Defending premiers out in straight sets. That is unbelievable. Um, and, you know, what a performance from the Brisbane Lions. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, the Look, I think last night the, they did, the Demons, they did their job but you know that's an interesting stat you talk about Steve 12 goals to 2 in that second half and that's where the game's won and lost and, and ultimately uh, they weren't good enough to be able to convert their opportunities and, and they had a couple of late opportunities which would have got the game a lot closer and put a lot of pressure on the, the Lions but it didn't matter uh, yeah. Lions too good and uh, they go through to week 3 of the finals yeah we'll talk more about that as the show unfolds right now though waiting patiently on the line is the first lady of track and field uh, standing ovation for the great Margaret Beardsley OAM. Margaret, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks very much. And I'd say for a standing ovation for the uh, GNW participants. Uh, as you were saying, what an incredible uh, achievement it is that these uh, athletes can run 100 k's and, uh, and 100 miles. And uh, there's actually a couple of supporting events as well. So uh, thanks, thanks for that. But what a fantastic weekend for it. Yeah, what can you tell us about the race itself? So where, where do they start and where do they finish? So I was going to say it's a busy weekend down at the south end of the coast because uh, they now start and finish at Patonga. The, um, the original course uh, started in Newcastle and uh, at the, um, the Charlestown end and ran all the way through to uh, Yarramalong for the 100k and then down to Patonga for the 100 mile. But a uh, few permission problems and uh, COVID, and it was incredible on logistics, as you can imagine, trying to uh, field volunteers and supplies and, and uh, safety a- along that sort of distance. So they've, uh, and this is, we're not talking about they, the Terrigal Trotters, what a fantastic group uh, they are. It was the brainchild of uh, Dave Burns, who was, I think, the then president, but ably supported by so many of the uh, the runners there, Joe and Graham Ridley in particular, Julie Brock, um, the Andrews family. So, you know, you, you do need a lot of supporters to put on an event like that, uh, like this. And now from Patonga, it's a little easier. It does go out and around, um, I think, the... Um, the longest uh, is Girakul for the checkpoint. Um, but uh, a couple of loops now, which is not quite as exciting for the runners. But uh, certainly, um, you know, the, the terrain out there is very, very, very challenging and, and very interesting. So, uh, yeah, a, a very great uh, race. What sort of numbers, Margaret, are we talking about in terms of participants? How many maniacs are out there doing it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, dedicated athletes. But, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. AKA maniacs. Yeah, I got you. Um, so, it's, it's an interesting thing coming back from COVID. Uh, this, any type of event uh, like this, uh, there probably is a limit of people that are uh, able to, to participate at the highest level. So the uh, numbers this morning are probably only around uh, 60 to 80, and that's covering off on the three longest distances, which is the 100k, the 100 mile, and then the 50 mile and 50k. So the, uh, the, the bigger numbers tomorrow will be in the 25k, which is uh, a lot more achievable. And, uh, and so it was... Um, 
yeah, it, it's, the numbers are down a little because a lot of the events from earlier this year uh, postponed to later this year, which was kind of nice for them to keep their their races alive, but then it crowded out the uh, the calendar that was at the end of the year, and of course the people at the start of the year had the money and they had the entries, and the ones at the end of the year just pick up the scraps. So hey, a little bit... Uh, sorry to interrupt, Margaret. Just looking at some of the best times in the history of the event, and for the 100 kilometres, it's mind-blowing that some of these athletes are finishing in sub-10 hours, and then for the 100 miles, some of the athletes are finishing in sub-20 hours. Uh, it's just staggering. Right, yeah, and, and a shout-out to two of those guys, Vlad uh, Shatrov, uh, 9.56. Clark McClymont, who's a local athlete, he's run 9.58. And he pulled that time down over two or three years, and then Vlad came out and uh, got it by two minutes. But both locals, uh, Vlad at the northern end of the coast or probably southern end of Lake Macquarie, but Clark, a, a local boy here from Bado Bay. And then uh, in the uh, 100 mile, uh, Clark's uh, bridesmaid again. He's um, at just over 20 hours, where Brendan Davies got that record. Uh, very respected athlete, and then just as you say, sub 20. So. Basically, just keep keep on going at that same pace. Yeah, it's phenomenal, Margaret. And, you know, bear in mind, you talk about those times. Um, if you're doing that on a flat surface or a, a track, uh, you'd be pretty impressed with those sort of times. But this is undulating. It's, you know, rugged terrain that they're running on. Absolutely, and, and up and down. And, uh, of course, when you get to the longer distance of uh, even 100K, uh, when uh, I used to go... Uh, at the finish to, to help. We had finishes coming in at midnight. You've got six hours of darkness, but a lot mm. of the uh, athletes that were coming in to continue the 100 mile, of course, come in around uh, seven or eight o'clock at night. They've already run a couple of hours in the dark, and then they've got the rest of the uh, event towards uh, Patonga in the dark. So not only the bad footing uh, or the uh, it's the directions as well, and that's one of the uh, things that's makes this race one of the toughest and, and I will say part of the um, the mant mantra of the race is for it to be the toughest they call itself themselves the toughest uh, ultra trail run and particularly with the climb the uh, night time and the uh, the footing and having to navigate uh, along that GNW it, it certainly lifts up to that. Hey, Margaret, what about some of the women? I, I notice we've spoken a bit about the men, and I also see that Grant Brisbane is on the honour roll, so what a fantastic endurance athlete he is. But who are some of the women that have starred in previous years and we can look out for this year as well? So, of course, our Melissa Robertson is very highly ranked up there. But uh, the uh, couple of the, the people, the women achieving, uh, have come in from, from outside. So names that we, we don't really recognise... Um, We've got Kate, um, Kate, Kat, Kat, Katie, and uh, Meredith Quinlan. She's a very respected uh, athlete. Uh, they've she, Kate, Kat, Katie's run 24 hours for the uh, for the 100 miler, so only just four hours behind the men. I know Meredith Quinlan has uh, been almost uh, beating some of the men in uh, races uh, over over the last few years. So an incredible athlete. And then uh, back to the local girls, we've got uh, Tiffany McClymont, that's Clark McClymont's wife, and she still ranks up there with uh, with a rating on the 100K. Um, she's kind of succumbed to a little bit of leg injury, but, you know, it's interesting, this terrain, it, if you can keep strong, it, um, it, 
you don't see as many of these in athletes injured that you would expect that are doing the long mileage. Um, yeah. And another lady, Brock, she's, she's coming through uh, the ranks there as well and a, a great organiser as well as a participant. Hey, Margaret, I've just got one more question for you, and it's uh, regarding the Diamond League final in Zurich. So, Nicola Oleschlagers. Uh, it's an incredible comeback by Nicola, considering she missed the final at the Commonwealth Games due to a calf muscle injury. Last week, she came back and finished third in Brussels, and now she's had her third place in the high jump in Zurich in the final Diamond League event of the year. So, outstanding performance. I think she cleared 1 metre 94 on her second attempt. And you've just got to take your hat off to uh, Yaroslava Mahuchik. You can't imagine what she's going through as a Ukrainian, but she has been the standout. In fact, last week, she even had three attempts at the world record, so she tried 2 metres 10. Mm. Uh, these girls are phenomenal, and they just keep raising the bar, literally, Margaret. Absolutely, and, uh, you know, hats off, as you say, to the Ukrainian. You've been... Um Fought, uh, be a silent uh, protest many, many times over the years, and, and I'm looking at the strength that she's gathering from, um, you know, the what say, just the absolute gutting, gutting disappointment of what's happening in her homeland, and that just drives just drives her performance. Not, not to take anything away from just her, her whole athletic prowess, but she's speaking, she's speaking with her jumping, and, and uh, everybody's applauding her. The, uh, the girls uh, from Australia were doing so well. Nicola, to come back from that injury, she's, I know she, she's not going to go out there and try to blast out PB. She just wants to finish the season out and have, uh, and to stay on the podium in that situation is just an, an amazing achievement. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Always, yeah. always great to speak to you, Margaret. The first lady of track and field, an absolute legend, a two-time world champion in your own right. And thanks for joining us again on Saturdays on the Coast. Absolute pleasure, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, legend first up, Margaret mm. Beardsley. What a comprehensive report. What about the detail she went into <laughs> that? Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm just sitting here going, wow, she knows everything about athletics. Can you rattle off those... Uh, high jumpers again, please. Uh, all, all three of them. Yeah, look, uh, Yaroslava Mahuchik, uh, mm -hmm. just a superstar. And, you know, let's not forget that uh, Eleanor Patterson got her at the World Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Correct. With, with the performance of her career. But Nicola, local girl, I mean, she grew up not far from here, probably about 10 minutes away. Yep. And so proud of her achievements. And I'm amazed that she's been able to come back. Uh, kudos to her physio team. Hey, we need to go to our first break. Tony Clark, the birthday boy. Hey, is happy gonna... birthday to you. Yeah, he's going to join us in a few moments' time uh, with a comprehensive rugby league wrap. The NRL finals are underway. Panthers one game away from the GF. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Woi Woi Oval, and the countdown is on for the rugby finals in 2022. So our first game is coming up soon. It's Avoca versus Terrigal in the President's Cup. That game at 10-10, followed by the Lakes versus Avoca Beach, 11-40 in the Premier 2. And then the women's, Terrigal v Avoca. Now, the main game later on this afternoon, yeah. first chance to go to the grand final, Terrigal versus Avoca Beach. Steve, I've just noticed that uh, there is the sausage sandwich, and I guess it's customary that we... 
you know, rate and yeah. continue to rate the uh, sausage sandwiches around the venues here. So yeah, particularly you. Yeah, correct. I think I'll be going down there at some stage. Uh, Buttes, can I just say this? Uh, you're sounding a little husky this morning. B- big day yesterday in Sydney. Day. I had a big day. We had a uh, luncheon for passing on clothing, which was fantastic. James Graham was the host. Lara Pitt was there. Jimmy Smith, MC. Uh, great day. Uh, Ian Millwood, the uh, former coach of... St. Helens, I think. Yeah, uh, was he down in the Illawarra as well? Yeah, not, yeah he with was. The yeah, down, yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a great luncheon. I've had um, had a few beers, probably a few too many, but that's okay. Stayed down in Sydney last night and uh, made the trek up this morning. So, um, yeah, it was a good day. Yeah. A really good day. And shout out to the uh, Terrigal Trojans because I went to the long lunch yesterday and yep. it is an outstanding day. I've been told how good it is. Matty Burke was there. Yeah, Matty Burke spoke for an hour and yep. he was one of the best keynote speakers I've ever seen. Simple as that. Uh, told a lot of stories. He played over 80 tests for the Wallabies. World Cup winner as well. And now, of course, reading the news on or reading the sport alongside Sandra Sully. It on... would have been part of that crew, uh, Jeremy Paul, that uh, era ah uh, just superstars yeah yeah you know uh, spoke a fair bit about the queen as well because yeah, gotcha. they got to meet queen elizabeth the uh, second so he was outstanding uh, timmy andrews did the auction so they raised a lot of money mm. in a short period of time and then paul martels one of the world's best comedians I, I just cried for about an hour as he <laughs> side splitting laughter yeah. hey let's go to the birthday boy i oh. think he's think he's waiting patiently on the line uh, are you going to do another rendition of happy birthday Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Singing, singing badly off key, but TC, happy birthday. Cordy's, you're a month late. I don't know where it's come from. And I tell you what, you get to, you get to my age, you don't want to be able to do anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, the NRL finals underway. Panthers one game away from the GF. And what was your analysis of last night, TC? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. just a masterclass from Cleary, wasn't it? You know, he um, after five weeks out of the game, he certainly uh, came back all guns and blazing. We uh, didn't reach, you know, the the heights we expected. Or I was a little disappointed in, um, in in some aspects of it. I thought Parramatta were quite poor, actually. Their their good ball. Um, uh, attack was was just terrible. So they got a they got a long week ahead of them, you know. To um, and it, it won't get any easier for them either, whether they either play, you know, the Raiders or, or the Storm. But yeah, no, good on the Panthers. They uh, they showed why they were minor premiers. And um, as we as we said all year, you know, it's going to take a good one to beat them. That's a real test now for Brad Arthur and his team to turn this around. Um, but you know, ultimately, when you look at it, uh, you know. They only had to win. They've got to win three games in a row, Paramount. It was either going to be last night and then the preliminary final, grand final, or now it's going to be uh, cutthroat over the next three weeks. The biggest test now is how they turn it around. And, and what do you suggest, Clarkie? What's he got to do, Brad Arthur, to get his team up? Because they come into this game uh, with some really good form, but just didn't show it last night. No, exactly right, Michael, and huge loss, uh, Mitchell Moses, so, you know, I hope the kid's okay with his head knocked, but I, I mean, he'd have to be, you'd think, an extreme doubt next uh, next week. Um, mate, I just thought, like, they, they were getting out of their yardage, you know, they were, they were going okay, they, 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 you know, the big boys were, 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 um, were not dominating the middle, but still making a good game, and, and, he, and he, Moses' was kicking game, I mean, for the first... Probably the first seven sets was was terrific, you know. Like I, I, I thought it was good, but they but they were just so lateral, you know. They 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 uh, they'd get out. There was someone. There was no, you know. Like I, I thought Brown was very disappointing, and uh, 
And I, I, I thought Gatto uh, yeah, wasn't one of his better ones. Yeah, you know, boys, uh, I was at the Bulldogs presentation night on Wednesday night. Jeremy Marshall King was player of the year. But a lot of people asked me, they said, who do you think will win, Steve-O? And the more I thought about it, I actually don't think there's too many teams in great form at this time of the year. And I said, well, Nathan comes back after five weeks and they get all the boys back that didn't go to Townsville. Mm -hmm. They will be cherry ripe. I thought last night might have been their biggest test. I actually think so. Penrith, they are odds on now to go all the way, in, in my opinion. The other two teams that were in form leading into last night were Parramatta and the Roosters. Yep. Souths are inconsistent. Yeah. Melbourne... They're not travelling as well as we've seen them in previous years. I guess the other X Factor TC is the game that we're going to see tonight. Sharks against the North Queensland Cowboys. What can those two teams deliver in September? Well, Steve, like it's like it's a forgotten game a little bit, isn't it? You know, they've yeah. been, I mean, if second and third, uh, I, I think it'll be an absolute cracker. I mean, I, I, I can't pick it. I, I, I mean, huge, as Michael alluded to earlier, you know, it's a, a home ground advantage for the Sharks. Um, but gee, I tell you what, the, the full credit to Tariq Payton, you know, for, for the way the Cowboys are playing. And of course, you know, like, like Scott Drinkwater has, has just had a breakout year. You've got Cole Phelps, you know, Valentine Holmes, uh, huge raps on Reese Robinson. So it, it will be a cracker. And I, you know, one of these two can can go on and, and really trouble trouble the Panthers. But again, Steve, what you were saying, you know, the, the form, I, I don't think last night, I mean, and I think we were probably spoiled a little bit with the Rooster Storm, Rooster South game. I mean, it was just at a different level to what we saw last night. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. And, and, you know, you're talking about the Roosters and the Rabbitohs and that game's tomorrow night. Oh, tomorrow afternoon, wow. sorry. What a game that'll be. You know, the Roosters were so dominant last week. Um, I don't think the Rabbitohs were on. I don't think they really put a lot of emphasis into or you know, again I don't I'm not here to suggest that they um, tanked it or anything like that I just you know it'll be a different Rabideau side for me uh, tomorrow um, but uh, you know the Roosters are going in I think it's nine in a row or ten in a row that's some good form going in but I'm concerned physically as to where they're at Clucky you know they've you know, got players that are bashed. Manu is out. Um, you know, the head injuries to Victor Radley. Like, they have just been under the pump, uh, the Roosters, but they still keep winning. Yeah, exactly right. The physicality's got me got me concerned. And, and, and you know, there's a couple of uh, couple of big ins, though, for them, you know, with Sawali coming back. And, of course, yeah. um, you know, you're hoping that Jared plays. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, but, but it is, again, exactly what you said then. Um, exactly what you said then, mate, the physicality, uh, you know, have they got that in them for the next month? That's, that's going to be their biggest test. It really is. Biggest test. Uh, and I don't know whether they have got the ability, you know, whoever they, um, they're obviously going to take on uh, Panthers uh, if they go through the, either the, these two sides. So, yeah, massive test for them. Massive test. Hey, TC, uh, I just want to get your thoughts. I know you weren't there last week. You were enjoying Father's Day with your family. But uh, Tookley have got the job done. Jake Fitzpatrick coming on our show later on today. What a story it is, TC. 55 years they've been in the comp. They've had to battle against clubs like Wyong, who are a juggernaut, the Entrance Tigers, Woi Woi Roosters... Uh, the Aaron Eagles, who they played last week, you know, clubs that have got big backing and big budgets and star players. This year, they didn't even have a home. They were nomads. They come out and lead 20-4 to four at halftime, 20-10 to 10 full-time. 
survived an onslaught, an absolute siege in the second half. And Jake Fitzpatrick and his boys hoist the Premiership trophy. Steve, it's one of the best stories for Central Coast Rugby League in my time that I've heard of. Because, of course, I had a pretty strong connection there with my ex Wyong boys, you know, that played there in Brady Barwick, Blakey Carter, who rang me this morning. They've had a pretty good week, the boys. But he was just saying what it's done to the area. And again, you know, we talk about... We need we need community rugby league to, to, to prosper so that we can have the NRL. Um, and to listen to Blake this morning just saying how that Northern Corridor is just still celebrating and what it's done for the juniors who all now have identified with the senior players, it is a wonderful story. And full credit to Erin. I mean, they, they were the club champions. They won three out of four. And they have acknowledged that. I had a beer with the chairman yesterday afternoon, James Savage, and he's acknowledged that and how good it's going to be for Central Coast footy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And Dane Allen, you know, very gracious in defeat. So was Lincoln Tuberty, who was the player of the year and played fullback. In fact, everything Erin did, you know, they were relying on Lincoln to kind of pull off a miracle late in the match. I actually thought they could still win. When they got back to 20 points to 10, there was a forward pass and I think there was a try disallowed uh, because the player didn't ground the footy or he might have gone into touch. But I thought if they get back to 20... 20 points to 16, they can go on and win 22-20. Yep. It, was, it was one of the best days at local footy I've ever been to. And a massive crowd, Steve. Oh, a huge crowd. Yeah. And, you know, but to see, it was almost like when Buddy Franklin kicked his 1,000th goal. When, they won, when the final siren went, the scenes were just, uh, you know, it's a half a century in the making, isn't it? Like, like when Cronulla won in 2016. Mm. And congratulations to everyone involved. And... TC, you're exactly right, mate. There's nothing better than grassroots footy. No, exactly. So it doesn't matter what code it is, you know, and, 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 and to see that, create, you know, your, your story on TV and, uh, and of course, you were texting me during the game and, and, and just to have that interest again, you know, instead of, and, and you know, and I did credit to Wong and the entrance, but it was about time that there was someone else in the big dance and, uh, and full credit to both, uh, both clubs for, the, for what they bought, uh, you know, last Sunday. Yeah. Uh, TC, can you just clear this up so it's not your birthday? No, it's not my birthday. No, it's, as I said, you're a fun bloke. So uh, I don't know where the black man Gary Metz was, who's now sailing around Croatia. I did wake yeah. up to a happy birthday note from Gaz. So uh, yeah, yeah no, there's, there's no, he, he might be might be on the uh, on the red wine over there on that yachty yacht. Yeah. yeah, every day we celebrate TC's birthday. Uh, good on you, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to catching up in person sometime soon. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Yeah, good on you, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is Saturdays on the Coast on SEM. We do it all thanks to Robson Civil Projects. I bumped into Grant Robson, the managing director, yesterday mm-hmm. at the Trojans' long lunch. Daniel Bosley was there. Uh, so we thank Robson Civil Projects, celebrating their 60th anniversary. Also, McDonald Jones Homes. By the way, you can text us about finals footy in any code. 0477-736-736. The open line, 1300 42 42-15-33. Running late for the news. We'll do that now. We'll come back in a few moments' time. Saturday's on the coast. Jake Fitzpatrick coming up. Also, Adam Kwasnick, yes. who's, who's back playing in local football, takes on Kalani District tomorrow. And after 10, Gemma Smith back from the World Under-23 Kayaking Championships will join us live here at Woi Woi Oval on Saturday's on the coast. 
Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Woi Woi Oval for the rugby finals today. And the teams are out for the President's Cup. So Avoca at the northern end of the field in their green and gold colours. And at the southern end in the kind of white and blue, almost a check pattern mm. with, with red socks, uh, is the Terrigal Trojans. So it should be a great President's Cup. In fact, what great rivals these clubs have been over the years. Yeah, they certainly have been. And I, Steve, when we were talking about earlier on about the President's Cup and the, whether they're an underage thing, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just open age. There appears to be anywhere from 18 well, well, through to 55. Well, like look, look at number 16 for Avoca. It looks yeah. like he'd be married with five kids. Yeah, and yeah. he's about to run out in the uh, President's Cup. Hey, uh, we've got a guy on the line who last weekend, Dutes, he went to the promised land. Uh, After 55 years, he's hoisted the Premiership Trophy. Let's rise as one and applaud the mighty Tookley Hawks Premiers in 2022. Their captain coach is on the line, Jake Fitzpatrick. Fitzy, good morning, mate. Congratulations on achieving a lifetime goal. Yeah, boys, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, still pinching myself, mate. I, um, I wake up every morning and I, I just think, what, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, it would feel surreal, and I can only imagine what the week's been like. Uh, the drought is broken after more than half a century, and do you feel a little like you're Roy Simmons, where you had to, like, literally catch up with everyone who's laid the foundations? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I, um, you know, I, after the game, whenever I ran on the field, I just, I think I hugged 1,000 people, and then we got back to, got back to the club and hugged another 1,000 people, and then, you know, all the all the interviews and um, things that I've done, you just, you always miss someone and then you feel guilty. And then, um, but honestly, I could sit here and I could, I could thank that many people. It could take me days. But um, as I said, you know, it's been 55 years and a lot of people have put money, time, effort into the club. And, you know, all we wanted to do was, was find a way to give back to the club. And that was through winning the premiership. And we've achieved that, which is great. Yeah, Jake, I, I kind of feel invested because I watched you come through at that young age at the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs and you're always a star player and then watching you go to a couple of different clubs, including you spent some time at Erina and then on the day, when I got there, I, I just had some fears. I thought, I hope on their big occasion that the Hawks don't get blown away. But when I got there, yeah, I think you're already two tries in front and just in absolute control in that first half. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. Um, you know, I, I I turned up to the game and um, obviously there was there was some nerves there and you know we spoke during the week about how there's only you know a couple of guys in our side that have that have played in, in games like that. Um, mm. But the warm up was outstanding. Um, you know, everyone just seemed relaxed. Um, we got into the game. I think um, Aaron had kicked off and, and managed to get the ball back. So I think. When I look back now, um, them getting the ball back and us getting put um, into a pressure cooker situation from the outset um, and, and, and turning up for each other and defending our line um, to kick-start the game, I think that pressure sort of relaxed us a bit. Um, and then we just got back into our, into our groove and, and completed our sets. And, um, yeah, I, um, you know, I was talking during the week to the guys. I said, we just got to start well. Erin, um, you know, put them in a, a bit of an unfamiliar situation where you know they've got to come from behind in a big game and 
um, yeah, it sort of panned out perfectly for us, which was great. Yeah, Fitzy, we touched on that last week, how important the start was, and, you know, you're always going to be enthusiastic, you're, um, but whether you're able to maintain that, and it sort of just played out the way um, we spoke last week in terms of, you know, to, uh, I was getting updates of the score, and it was yeah. like 6-0, 10-0, you know, 16-0, 20-0. Like, it was just, you couldn't have asked for a better start. Um, and then, obviously, you know, 20 to 4 at half time, that ability to just shut the game down and lock them out. Yeah, you, uh, you, raise, a good, you raise a good point, Butes, because in the MBN TV story, yep. I said that Tookley defended like their lives depended on it. Mm. They just kept showing up. It, it was one of the great defensive performances. And make no mistake, the Eagles threw plenty at them in the second 40. And. That, that must be what you're most proud of, Fitzy, that defensive effort. Oh, without a doubt. Like, I've, you know, played footy for years now and, and been in games where, you know, we've had to defend a way out of, um, out of trouble and things like that. But I, I've never seen anything like what happened last Sunday. I, I just felt like for 40 minutes we just couldn't get out of our own end and everything was going their way. You know, they got a few repeat sets and then we got done for a silly obstruction coming out of trouble. Um, you know, we're trying to put long kicks in into the wind and they were just coming back to us. It just, it felt like we just, the only way we could win that game in the second half was, was defending. But it's funny we talk about it because, like, defending at fullback, I, I honestly sat there and I, I felt like we could defend for three days. We just looked mm. so comfortable. Um, every repeat set, we were positive, we were upbeat, we stood tall. Um, it was funny, I was... I was um, Listening to the the NBN um, report you done, and you said the the Great Wall of Tukli, it, it, it felt like that. It felt like no matter what came at us, the guys just wanted to keep standing up. And um, you know, the, the credit goes to the guys because honestly, if, if you haven't got good attitude, um, you know things go wrong for you. But we turned up on Sunday with a positive attitude, we're confident in what we've done, um, and yeah, we got the job done, which is great. Yeah, and Butes, one thing that couldn't make it into the TV story, we just didn't have enough time uh, because the TV story ran almost three minutes. Some of the towering bombs, because we had that howling southerly wind. And so a few of the boys thought they were Matty Burton and put up some enormous bombs. And so that added to the theatre of the game, but both teams really. Um, so that was another real X factor in the game. Yeah, and, you know, it's a big plus to have a king game like that. And we've seen what Matty Burton can do. We saw last night, uh, you know, Nathan Cleary and what he was able to do. Fitch, I just want to touch on, you know, this is the first premiership for the club, 50-odd years uh, in the making. What has it meant for the area, um, the Tukley, that northern uh, part of the coast there? Uh, I would imagine that there's been... Quite a few beers drunk over the, the last few days, but um, and nothing wrong with that at all. But um, what has it meant for the area up there? It's um, it's funny, mate. We'll, like we went back to Canon um, Sports Club after the game, and and there were there were kids there with jerseys, super jerseys, wanting first grade guys to sign it. Um, <laughs> Uh, they've 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 witnessed something that, that even myself as a kid had never seen. Um, I think one of the boys said that they they took their son to school on Wednesday, and I think it was book week or something, and it was a dress up. And, and a couple of the kids there were dressed in, in Tukli football gear and were going as a Tukli first grade player. Like I just, <laughs> it, it's unbelievable to see what um, what the community has done. Like I, you know, I've said all along. I thought, you know, dreamt of this and, and thought, how good would it be if we were in a first-grade grand final and, and what would it be like? And, and any any thoughts I've ever had were surpassed on Sunday. I, 
The crowd was unbelievable. The, the signs through Tookley um, and the crowd, mate. I've never seen anything like it. it yeah, really and Fitzy uh, put a post up on Facebook yesterday of when he was four years old with a Tookley jumper on. Hmm. So for him to come back and do this at his junior club is incredible. You know what they could use at the north end of the coast? A they statue. Could, they could use, well, a statue. A statue of Fitzy. Yeah. statue of Fitzy. <laughs> but they could also use... They could use a grandstand like this yeah. at Darren Kennedy Oval, where at Woi Woi at the moment. You know, the northern end of the coast is the heartland of rugby league. Mm, most definitely. Uh, most definitely. Can we just speak for a moment about some of your star players last weekend? And I know you probably want to name the entire squad, but the player of the match, Connor O'Byrne, saving his best for the biggest moment. Yeah, he's, he's an outstanding footballer, Connor. He... Um, you know, he can play He can play 5-8, he can play front row, second row, centre. It doesn't matter where you put the bloke. As long as he's got his hands on the footy, he's a threat to anyone. Um, he's tough. Um, he's a big body. Um, but it's funny, our, um, our three points and plays player went to um, Josh Beacock, who's our um, hooker. And then when Chris Adams comes on, he goes to lock and he plays 80 minutes, and it's funny. I say week in and week out. You get the same Josh Vecock in the first minute as you do in the 80th minute, and his body language doesn't change. His effort doesn't change. Um, he, he, he's the glue in our middle. And um, he reminds me of like a, um old-school 90s hooker that's just tough. He's not, he's not dangerous out of nine, but he get, you know, he's got good service, tough. You'll never break the bloke. Um, and, and he could literally play a game of football for a week if he needed to. Yeah, yeah, and he scored a try out of acting half, which was critical in that opening half. Fitzy, well done, mate. Yeah. It's the best story, in my opinion, of 2022, to see a, a team win for the first time ever. And, you know, I've said this quite a few times, against the powerhouse clubs, one of them is just down the road from you at Wyong, the entrance Tigers, who've been, you know, an assembly line over the years for NRL players. Woi woi in their heyday. And you guys have been battling away. And this year, you're even nomads without your own footy ground. So it's just incredible what you've achieved. Well done to everyone at the Tookley Hawks. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, another standing up. Yeah, 100%. What a great effort was from Tookley Hawks and, and Fitzy led from the front. <clears throat> Absolutely. Quite clearly. Hey, we're off to another break. We'll come back in a moment. Adam Kwasnick is back playing some local football. Mariners legend, of course. Second highest in goal scored for the Mariners. And he's back. He'll play against Kalani District, the team that's undefeated tomorrow in local football. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Woi Woi, and the countdown is now on. Both teams are getting ready for this first game, the President's Cup. So arch rivals, Trojans, up mm. against Avoca Beach here at Woi Woi Oval in the President's Cup, and these two teams will play, <laughs> these two teams will play in the main game, in the major semi, later on today. Hey, let's go straight to uh, Adam Kwasnick, because we're running short on time here. Quaz is back and playing football with Warnervale, along with Brad Porter. So a couple of Mariners legends playing with Warnervale, and they'll face Kalani District tomorrow. Quaz, good morning, mate, and we're hearing you are the super sub for Warnervale. <laughs> good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks for the intro. Uh, it's good to be back playing. I wouldn't say uh, I'm a superstar of the team. I thought 
you know, this season we've obviously come second and there's been uh, some some great performances from some young players and, uh, you know, Brad Porter's heavily contributed to that as well and uh, I've just made a little bit of an impact off the bench. You know, uh, Brad Porter played for our country at junior level and, you know, was kind of the next big thing for the Mariners, but like we see in sports sometimes, uh, you know, injury uh, mm. really hampered his career. But you said to me this morning off the air that, a lot of people say he's playing as well as he did when he was at the Central Coast Mariners. Yeah, look, I, I think he's, he's, you know, mindset, you know, he's really enjoying his football and, uh, you know, we're, we're playing at a local community level. But that being said, you know, he, he really leads by example. Um, you know, he, he sort of started the pre-season with, you know, leading the way in terms of the running metres and everything like that. And just continued with his football, does some really good things, steadies the ship and... Um, yeah, I believe he's in the you know uh, the peak of his powers. Uh, considering he's in his mid thirties, uh, he's really set, setting the example for the young ones on and off the pitch. Quaz, how's the body pulling up after uh, all those all the games, the training sessions? Are you uh, you getting through it okay, mate? Yeah, look, uh, you know, first and foremost, it's very enjoyable. Um, but I'm only you know doing bits and pieces here and there, so play anywhere from you know. Uh, half a game to you know 20 minutes and it's just off the bench so after the game the body's quite sore even though it's only a small amount of time but it's a good bit of recovery and then um, the coach has been really flexible with how I train and when I train so it's been really really good in that aspect as well and you know I get to back up the following week I'm sort of fresh as a daisy come the, come the following week. Yeah yeah hey Quaz can you talk a little about Kalani District because I don't think it's been done since the 70s where a team has gone through undefeated. So congratulations to a team that really has been the benchmark on the Central Coast for a long time. Oh, no doubt, Steve. I think, you know, the club in general, probably, you know, the last decade, 15 years, um, in terms of grades, have really set the bar high. And, you know, this year's been phenomenal to go the, the season undefeated without dropping a point. I think they've only conceded the best part of a dozen goals as well. So... You know, they're, they're doing the right things. Um, you know, they've got a good, uh, you know, bunch of, of players that are still, you know, only in their mid-20s. So you, you expect it to continue to, uh, throughout the loop next decade or so. Um, but they've really been the benchmark. As you said, I think it hasn't been done since the 70s, which was a, a budget week football club team. Um, mm. Just a phenomenal season. And tomorrow they're going to be, you know, really, really hard to beat. There's no doubt that Ken will one of our underdogs. Uh, but we're going to go in there with a fighting spirit and hopefully come away with a result. Because earlier in the week, um, we saw the Matildas go down 2-1 to Canada. Um, mm. Yeah, the girls are struggling a little bit at the moment, mate. Yeah, I think there's, there's an element there that I, I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned because, as you know, you need a bit of momentum heading into a big tournament, and they definitely mm. do not have that at the moment. And um, Tony Gustafson, he's, you know, he's... he's that he wants to play against the best in the lead up to it, which is fine. But along the way, they need to pick up results as well and build confidence. And, I, you know, I think they're playing in patches with confidence, but for a large part of games, they're really playing in a shell. And it's not the Matildas that we all, you know, have known over the last couple of years. Yeah, Quaz, uh, thank you so much for your time. Just a short one today because we're on the run-up to the news. But good luck tomorrow in the major semi up against Kalani District. Thanks, guys. Take care. The great Adam Kwasnick joining us and part of the SEN family, of course, as a head commentator on the football coverage. And what a game that'll be tomorrow in the major semi of Central Coast football. Off to the news.
Back soon with Gemma Smith, who's home from the World Under-23 Kayaking. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Woi Woi Oval and we are moments away from the first game of the day. So Terrigal up against Avoca Beach in the President's Cup. And I've got to say, Buttes, there's some mean-looking hombres on that Avoca Beach team. What about the warm-up? They went for like... Seemed like they went uh, forever. I've never seen anything My like goodness. it. And yeah, and there's some big boys there. Some yeah. big boys. And a few guys with heads like robbers' dogs. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't want to be on their bad side. That's all I know. Yeah, looking forward to this first clash. Looking forward to the entire day. And we're blessed with a, a fast-looking deck buttes. It's looking good. The sun's shining. Uh, I reckon we're <laughs> going to get a big crowd here today. Big hey, crowd. Local rugby. Just before we get to uh, our next guest, who's right alongside me. I can smell the barbecue here in Buttes. I mean, this is your role on our sports show. Yeah. So everywhere we go, you sample, you sample the sausage sizzle. Now, I've got to say, Kalani Vale has the, the best beer. Yes, they do. After last week. Ginger beer. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we encourage drinking before midday. But, Buttes, uh, who's got the best sausage sandwich? I mean, how do you rate Woi Woi Oval? Well, it was actually really good, I've got to say, and I devoured it in between that lunch break, uh, that little uh, news break there. But yeah. it was, uh, I would give it a probably eight and a half out of ten. Onion on top. Plenty of onion, barbecue sauce, nice thick sausages, yeah. spreads across the whole bread. Cook well enough, the sausages. Maybe a little bit of butter on the bread might have been just enough ah. to get it up. But that's yeah. okay. But that would be, that would put them out in front. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Last week was good out at Kleinyvale, um, and that was the works burger. They had, <laughs> had the bacon, the sausage, and the egg on that, but this was just the, the standard sausage sandwich. Yeah, hey, by the way, the Bombers are the first team through to the grand final in Hunter's Central Coast AFL. Corey Shackleton will join us after they finish training this morning, so maybe around about 10.30. But right now, Buttes, standing ovation for the young lady alongside us, just back from the World Under-23 Kayaking Championships, where she finished top six in the world. Let's give it up a boy boy for Gemma Smith, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure to see you, and uh, well done. So top six in the K1 1000 and also the K1 five-kilometre race. Uh, how do you reflect on your performances? Yeah, no, I was really happy with how I performed over in Hungary. It's, it's always such a big learning curve going over there and racing, you know, such strong European countries that are typically, you know, so dominant in the kayaking. So to come away with two, six, two top six um, places, yeah, I was really happy. Your, your 1,000 race at about the halfway stage, the commentators were talking about what a performance it was from the Aussie paddler in lane nine. So you may be around equal third at that point, but a fingernail off the minor medals. And there was a real standout paddler from Hungary, Amis Kolhani. Tell us about her. Yeah, she was absolutely phenomenal. She was so dominant across all of the racing in the 1,000, and she also won the 5K. So she was incredible. Um, she actually went over in the Open World Championships over in Hungary and won the 5K over there and got second just just behind the Australian Ali Bulls. So she's had such a strong strong season. And, um, yeah, to race against the likes of her really puts you in your place when she's so, so strong. Yeah, beautiful technique and, uh, you know, really powerful and in front of a home crowd too. So a lot of expectation for her. Hey, uh, you know who's here? Uh, kayaking expert is alongside us, <laughs> yeah, 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 Michael Butner. So, Jim, obviously going over there and competing the way you did, 
what do you need to do now or, or what can you work on uh, to improve uh, your you know what, what you know what your future looks like in terms of your, your kayaking and whatever else and you know future events that are coming up yeah it was really I learned a lot actually going over on this trip and just before we actually went over and race we did a bit of a training camp over in Hungary in one of the regional towns for two weeks and Going over there and then reflecting upon my um, performances, I really I know I've got to get a lot stronger, a lot more powerful, and really improve my speed off the line. That's typically somewhere where I tend to get left a little bit behind. And um, yeah, I was lucky I was racing over those sort of long distances, the thousand and the five thousand, which yep. typically suit me a bit better. But to be competitive in the kayaking, I need to be able to increase my speed over the shorter distances, like the two hundred meter and the five hundred meter races. So it, it's funny you say that because in surf life saving here in Australia, you normally blast the opposition away along with Ali Bull, like when you're racing in the surf. Just back to your 5K race, could you share with our listeners, so you've done incredibly well to finish sixth in the field when you had a couple of little mishaps that really cost you. Tell us more. Yeah, it was the first time I've ever done one of the 5K races and I wasn't really sure what to expect going into it, but I definitely learned a lot. Um, Everyone goes absolutely ridiculously quick off the start which I sort of wasn't anticipating but you know I went out as hard as I could and sort of everyone comes together to sort of turn that first um, turning marker before you head back down the course and yeah had a little bit of a mishap sort of misjudging my turn around that boy and that really cost me so just any little mistake like that if you give that sort of front pack that little breakaway it's so hard to catch back up yeah at the time I think you were maybe fourth or fifth but you're only a couple of boat lengths off the leader so yeah what what sort of time Gemma are you doing for this 5k clack ah I think I ended up just doing uh, just over 23 minutes yeah gotcha okay yeah yeah you're moving pretty quick yeah absolutely um you must be overjoyed uh watching your cousin Fletcher Armstrong He's been away for a long time and now he's on the dais at a World Junior Championships. Tell us about that K4 boat. Yeah, it was so incredible for Fletch to have such a good performance. He's been away for so long in the open kayak team and then backing it up for the under-23s. And their K4 crew, you know, there's um, an Olympic gold medalist in the crew with Tom Green. So it's fantastic just for him to be able to race with those kinds of athletes. And, yeah, to put such a strong performance together, it was a really, really tight race, but they ended up with the bronze medal. And to see him get up there on the dice was really, really special. Yeah, yeah, I love that race. And, uh, again, they're, they're up against, you know, powerhouse nations from Europe. I think Poland won that race. You might have heard the noise in the background. So uh, both teams are out there. They're shaking hands. And uh, this should be a a fantastic clash to open the day. Hey, Jim, can I ask a question about the K4? So Tom Green's in seat one. So he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's going to set the tempo. I think Noah Havard, so he's the Australian Open single ski champion in surplus saving. He's in seat four. How do they decide where Fletch is in seat two? How do they decide two and three? Yeah, it is. It's really a lot of the time it's a lot of trial and error. So when they get over there and they've been racing um, in that K4 without Tom um, for the Open World Championship. So they've gotten used to sort of following each other. So I think they wanted to keep those back seats sort of the same because you've got sort of get used to the person's rhythm and how to follow their technique in front of you. And then they've just slotted Tom in because he's had, you know, a lot of race experience, especially in team boats in um, K2 and K4. So to slot him in the front and having that sort of level-headed composure... Um, 
Fletch just was able to slot in exactly behind him, and he's really good at following. So, yeah, it worked out really well for yeah, them. Yeah, so proud of him. They're a, they're a team that are building beautifully for Paris in a couple of years' time. Butte? Uh, Gemma, I want to touch on you. Touch on how you want to improve your strength. What does that mean for you? Is that time in the gym? Is it more time in the boat? Uh, you know, building that strength or that endurance in the boat, or is it a combination of the two? It is a combination of the two. For me, it's probably getting in the gym a lot more. Um, a lot of these girls have been in the gym since they're, you know, in their early teenage years, where me, I've sort of only really done proper gym specific for kayaking for probably the last 18 months. Yeah, right, okay. So I've got a lot of sort of catch-up to do in that area. Um, but also you can improve a lot in the boat as well. Um, so for me, you can put, like, heavy resistance on your boat so you get a lot more load on your paddle, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, okay. To sort of increase your strength on the water. So there's a lot of things that I'll be able to do, which is yeah, encouraging. Hey, Jim, uh, we also need to talk about a young girl from Avoca. And Butes has been saying on this show, there's something in the water. There has to be. There <laughs> has to be. There's too many good kayakers out there. I don't know what it is. There's a young girl, Natalia Drobot, and she comes home. So you guys are in the under-23 level. I think she's under-18. This young girl, so she's already on the Paris 2024 squad for emerging talent. I think last year she was named Paddler of the Year by Australian Canoeing. And now she's come home with a couple of minor medals from the World Championships. Just incredible. It is. She performs so well over there. And, you know, she's been improving so so much over the last couple of years. But to see her to pull together those performances over at Worlds, where she got third in the individual K1 200 metre. Um, and then also she teamed up with a young guy from the Sydney Northern Beaches, Harrison Torrens, in the mixed K2 500 metre. It was so incredible to see them do so well. Uh, can I just say one thing, Beauty, before you yeah, ask yeah. the next question? You could see afterwards just how how thrilled she was. Like the golden smile from this young lady. And what I love too in the K1-200, so it's her first big international meet. And she's alongside the European champion. But you know what? She just took it to them. And I reckon with about maybe 100 metres to go or 50 metres to go, she was almost in the gold medal position. Yeah, she came home so strong, which over a 200-metre race is so hard to do when you're going out so quick and you've just got to try and hold on to the speed for as long as you can. But, yeah, I think they were lucky it wasn't a little bit longer because she was coming home like an absolute steam train. So, yeah, she was an incredible race. And to put that together in her first big international competition was amazing to watch. So after being away for three weeks, you're home for, what, uh, another week or so and then you're off to Portugal. Is that right? Yeah. What's going on over there? Talk to us. Yeah, so I'm heading over to Portugal um, to race in the World Ocean Ski Championships over there. So we haven't been able to go and contest those, obviously, for the last couple of years because of COVID. Um, the Europeans were able to race it over there last year, but the Aussies, it's our first one that we've been able to race back over there. So really looking forward to getting on that. Do you, have a, do you have a level, uh, a level of comfort going back into the ocean? Is that where you prefer to be or yeah. you're more familiar with? I think so. I'm definitely more familiar with it, but I've actually jumped back in my ocean ski for the first time this week in a couple of months, and it's definitely not feeling that familiar at the moment. <laughs> so I've got a lot of work to do in the next couple of weeks, but um, yeah, I'll just spend all my time in there, and I'm hoping the field will come back pretty quick. Yeah, what type of swell do you expect in Portugal? Because that is the home of some of the world's biggest waves. Yeah, it's... um. 
hopefully the conditions over there, I think when the conditions and the wind's really up, it's one of the best downwind courses in the world. So I'm really hoping that we're able to race in those type of conditions because, um, yeah, that'd be unreal to be able to do that. Any thoughts for you about relocating? Because I know Fletch, your cousin, who we just said, he's on the dice at the World Juniors. He's pretty much based on the Gold Coast now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's... um been up there because he made the open team this year they pretty much said you know we need you up here to be able to train together as a group and being in those team boats in those k4s it's really you know just getting familiar sitting in them with everybody so i think if i make the open team you know potentially down the track that might have to be a move but yeah just playing it by year at the moment and i'm um, yeah really happy down here uh, can i ask you one more question and uh i know this young lady she's she's a rival of yours but she's probably a great friend as well how incredible that Ella Beer wins a medal at the Senior mm. World Championships. And she joined Buttes and I on the radio. She's just a breath of fresh air and such a superb talent. She is. Ella is an absolutely phenomenal athlete. And to see her go over and race in her first Open World Champs as well over in Canada. And she was in the K4. She's actually stroking the K4. So she's in seat one. She's got a lot of responsibility on her shoulders. But she put together an absolutely phenomenal race. And that, their crew just executed one, I think, their perfect race. So it was absolutely awesome to be able to watch that. I was cheering from back here. And, um, yeah, really, really stoked for Ella. Yeah. You know, imagine what that does in the countdown to Paris in a couple of years' time. Are you... Um are you thinking expectations for the World Ocean Paddling Championships? Are you thinking medals or what are your expectations? I'd love to go over there and medal, yeah. I'm definitely going over with the intention of trying to be up, yeah, right up the top end of the field. The last time I actually raced it back in 2019 was over in France and I actually won the under-23 title. But, um, yeah, sort of moving up to my last year as an under-23, but I can also contest the Open, so... Yeah, it'll be a great um, paddle and Danielle McKenzie, who I'm often really close tussling with, she's the reigning o Open World Champion, so I'd love to go over there and, yeah, be as close to her as I can. Yeah, so will you, be, will you be competing in both the 23s and the Opens? Yeah. So you're going to have a busy schedule, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it should be good fun. Hopefully the conditions are good and it'll be really enjoyable. Yeah, defending your own title. How cool. And how long is the race? 20 kilometres. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'll be over and done with in no time, Buttes. Uh, if there's... You know, some good downwind swell. Yeah. Hey, uh, another round of applause. Oh, of course. Uh, of course of already course. a world junior champion herself and back from the kayak world championships with a couple of top six results, the great Gemma Smith. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so good to see you. Uh, it's 18 past 10. Quick break here. We're back soon. We'll talk about the rugby finals. We'll yep. also talk about the NRL finals, the <laughs> AFL. Wow, last night. I, I still cannot believe... Brisbane came back from 28 points 28 down points, eh? to win at the MCG for the first time since 2014. And the reigning premiers are out of the competition. Uh, what a game it'll be tonight, too. Collingwood up against Fremantle. Big game. Massive. Winner of that takes on Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that next week. Swans. Yeah. And Big we'll, game. We'll talk some local AFL. Corey Shackleton has steered the Kalani Val Bombers into the grand final. They're chasing their first flag since 2007. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. We're live at Woi Woi Oval and we've seen the first try in the President's Cup. So a Voker have just scored a try. Let's go to this young fella. Uh, what's your name, buddy? Cooper. Cooper, who scored? Uh, Jono. Jono who? Jono. Jo just Jono. Jono. I, I know his last name. 
Yeah, yeah righty, that's irrelevant. That's irrelevant, mate. Jono scored. Yeah. Jono scored. And fantastic try, too. It was with, a good try. With some uh, second phase play. Yeah, a little kick through, and uh, the winger and the fullback chased hard, and it was just a little bit scrappy, but nevertheless, they got the uh, got the job done. 8 3 now to Avoca. Yeah, the after, conversion unsuccessful. After two penalty goals early on in the game, and uh, yeah, the first try, like you said, Steve, to Avoca. And 17 35 remaining in this opening half of the President's Cup. Todd Wills joins us. Uh, Todd, thank you to Larry and yourself and the entire team for having us today. Uh, what a great day of rugby, and can you talk to us about the main game coming up later on this afternoon? And these two clubs will play again. Seaside rivals of Oka Beach up against Terrigal. Yeah, g'day Steve. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah, we've got Terrigal and Avoca uh, in, the, in the main one. Uh, it's, it's our major semi-final. We've actually got two Premier games on today, but uh, the major semi-final, whenever that goes into the grand final, uh, yeah, yeah, Terrigal or Avoca. Uh, Avoca won last week in extra time against Carryong uh, to qualify, and Terrigal had had the week off. Uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be very close. Uh, pro- probably one you can't really pick, um, you know. But Avoca just don't go away. They've just got a really scrapping style of footy. Um, you know, their fullback Mitchell Briggs is very very dangerous, um, and then Terrigal. Uh, they'll have uh, Adam Dankert, who, who's made the countryside. Their number 10 will control things. Got a great kicking game. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they'll be very, very hard to beat. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Mm. And um, I was at the Trojans' long lunch yesterday. Tony Atkins was there. He was actually on the microphone. And we've got to celebrate these milestones. He's actually played over 300 games locally. Yeah, he's, he's a legend of Central Coast rugby. He's, uh, he's, he's a good man, uh, character on and off the field, uh, but his achievements have been awesome. Uh, Dotto, I just want to touch on the President's Cup. So um, we're trying to work out whether there's an uh, age thing. This is obviously an open age thing. And it, what would it be regarded? Is it like third grade or something like that, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's our third grade comp. But, yeah, there's... Uh, Boys that have played a few games out there, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, very experienced players, and uh, yeah, they're, they're having a bit of fun. Um, you know, there's some guys that have played good level of footy, but you know, a fair while to go now. Uh, I tell you, Butes, I actually love watching this yeah, this yeah. level. Sometimes, as opposed to like an international match. Oh, with you, this social stuff here is, is fantastic, and you know they. I'm, I'm assuming they don't get around as quick as they used to. Uh, no, there's not a lot of training done either. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hey, I, noticed, uh, I noticed the physique on some of the boys, I could tell. There yeah, wasn't a lot of training. Absolutely. At the Trojans' long lunch yesterday, Matty Burke spoke. He spoke quite a lot about tactics, and he said he doesn't like the fact that the international game, the Wallabies now, that too often, Buttes, there's forwards getting the ball when it should be the 10 yeah. in rugby. Now, that's one thing that you see locally is you'll see the 10 get his hands on it all the time, and you see some great running rugby. Yeah, I think um, I think at this level it's less structured. You know, you, you've heard eyes up footy, which which I hate that expression, but football's about creating space for, for a guy in a better position. And I think at the international level, I think they've lost sight of that in some ways. You know, um, yeah, defences are much better, but uh, you know, we, we like the fact that you know the boys are there to, to try and score points, and you know, m- not so much defensively. The running game, Todd. That's the it. running game. Uh, that, that's uh, right. Absolutely. You, you know, Todd, I think Central Coast Rugby came through the pandemic in very good shape. Your board worked so hard, and you still had grand finals. In fact, I remember last year, like. Uh, I think it was a fantastic year for Central Coast Rugby. And how's 2022 been? And what's your opinion of the standard this year? Yeah, well, I I think our biggest challenge was the wet weather. And obviously COVID early in the year, but the wet weather 
really made it difficult and we were we were able to play all Premier One rounds. Uh, we couldn't quite accommodate um, the lower grades every week, but we were able to, to actually have a full competition. I think one of, we're one of the only codes to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been great. Whoa. We've now got a, a final series. Uh, everyone's excited about it. Um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a really close comp. We we, we play a top five, um, you know, and, and in, particularly in first grade, anyone can beat anyone on their day, yeah, and, yeah. and that's likely to happen again today. And hey, mate, we've seen we we'll also see today uh, the women's tens uh, yep. playing their finals or what is it, a semi-final or something uh, today. But it's been. The game, we've seen that, uh, you know, the women's sport in general, yeah. but in particular, the women's tens, it's been a success. Oh, massively. Uh, the standard of the, of the girls' game has just got better and better year after year. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you guys are around to watch it later on, you'll, you'll see that there is some really skillful girls playing. And, um, yeah, we, we went from, from sevens to tens. Yep. Um, and, you know, just, just the evolution of the game. But the girls are very skillful. Um, you know, some, some would say they're as skilled as, as the men. Yeah, and Todd, uh, we can't forget too that from the Central Coast in Rugby Sevens, we've got Faith Nathan, who wins a Commonwealth Games gold medal. Jess Southwell. S- Soraya Packy, who's her cousin, who's got big connections to the Central Coast. So, yeah, yeah I love seeing the women's game thrive. At the moment, 12 and a half minutes to go in this opening half. Evoca now going on the attack again. So they've scored one try. They lead 8-3 in this opening half of the President's Cup. Short side play here, Buttes. And what, what sort of numbers, Todd, do you expect down here today uh, throughout the day? A, a few thousand people getting around here? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got two dominant clubs uh, yep. featuring today of Acre and Terrigal, and they're very well supported, which is great. And, yeah, yeah I'd just encourage anyone who wants to come down and have a look. Uh, main game starts at 4.20. Uh, the carry-on Razorbacks, uh, other Premier One, is at 2.15. Yeah, that'll be a great game. As well, I can see a TV camera there. Have we got a live stream? Have we? Uh, yes, yes, we're using Clutch TV. Ah, oh, Clutch, yes. they yeah. are fantastic. So, check it out if you want to watch the games later on today. Simply go to Clutch. Here's another opportunity. Here's another opportunity. This winger, he's in, mate. How about that? Yep. Shut yeah. the gates. Avoca in again. They've scored on both sides now. Both wingers. Yeah, we who? better get our young man to go and find out who scored. Who's that? Was that Jono? It wasn't Jono that time. <laughs> We'll send him on a fact-finding mission. Uh, Todd, anyone that deserves credit, mate, uh, in 2022 that you'd like to mention? Uh, absolutely. I, I, you know, I think Kate Thompson, who's our uh, CCRU administration uh, lady, she's she's done an unbelievable job. She's also vice president, and she's on the board, and she just she just works tireless, tirelessly. And you know, without her, we wouldn't have the competition, and we wouldn't have achieved what we have. So yeah. I'd really like to, to uh, yeah, acknowledge Kate. Yeah, and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, that's for <laughs> sure. Hey, uh, our young man's back. So, uh, no, he hasn't. Another young man's back. What, what do they say, Butes? Never work with kids or animals. That's right. Who scored, boys? Who scored? C- come on, boys. Who? Bailey. Bailey. There you go. Bailey scored and Jono. Yeah, all there right. There we go. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. We're off to a break. Uh, the show all thanks to... Robson Civil Projects celebrating their 60th anniversary. By the way, if you'd like to work for Robson, simply jump on their website, check out the employee portal, and also McDonald Jones Homes. We thank them for their ongoing support. Conversion attempt is... I didn't see the flags go up, so... Uh, I think it would, yeah, it would have been unsuccessful, no. I'd say. The wind's blowing, mate. It's certainly... 13-3 with just over 10 minutes remaining in the President's Cup at Woi Woi Oval. Off to a break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEM. 
Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from Woi Woi Oval for the rugby finals today, and we've just seen a, a fantastic shot at goal. Nice so kick. Penalty to the Terrigal Trojans, so they bridge the gap slightly. Would that be 13 to 6? 13 to 6 it is. Just yes. waiting for the scoreboard just to update. Converted try behind, Steve. 7.40 remaining in this opening half of the President's Cup. Well, last week we were broadcasting live at the Kalani Vale Bombers. Fantastic show. And the Bombers are through to the grand final, chasing their first flag since 2007. Their head coach joins us, Corey Shackleton. Shack, good morning, mate. Congratulations on a win last week, 9-5-59 to 5-4-34 against Terrigal Avoca. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. It's uh, very exciting to be into the big dance. Yeah, absolutely. And the news, well, it's been announced this week, the grand final will be played at the Adelaide Street Oval. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's pretty special, I guess. Like these, Obviously, the decision to play at Adelaide Street Oval isn't anything to do with us making it in. It's just the nature of availability of grounds and you know where's the right place to host it but you know to coincide with us making it in there is um is very very special and a, and a great opportunity for us Corey, i guess that means you know it's a huge advantage for you guys um it's always nice to play at home and to feel comfortable but uh to do that in a grand final be a huge plus for you guys yeah it does it, it, it's a strange one like we obviously love playing at home it's fantastic it's the ground itself probably doesn't suit us in terms of the way we want to play. It's quite a small ground and we probably like the, the bigger open spaces, but you know, you never get enough back an opportunity to play at home and uh, you get a big crowd and it'll be a great experience. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty special. Hey, Corey, can you talk about last week's win against Terrigal Avoca? Because I think through the season you maybe won a piece, but last week a comprehensive victory and throughout the match, the big guy, Timmy Oosterhoff, he sets a milestone in this competition. He kicks his 100th goal of the season. Mm. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting day, actually. One of the earlier games got called off just because of the, the rain and the condition of the ground. And then it fined up, but the ground was really heavy. So it was pretty, pretty foggy uh, conditions. It didn't rain, but we got off to an all right start. And then I think by three-quarter time, we were, we were up fairly comfortably, probably about six or seven goals. And then they just come back at us in that last quarter and got a, got a bit of a string on and, and kind of caught it in but yeah Timmy early on I think he kicked his 100th just before half time I think he kicked four and he was um he was looking the goods and yeah pretty exciting you know all the, all the crowd rushed on the ground and had a bit of fun and it was uh yeah it was a really special moment for him and such a great achievement. Well yeah so we had like a Buddy Franklin style pitch invasion at Adelaide Street. Yeah probably more people nearly like it was it was quite a big event there was there was at least 30 or 40 people that ran on the ground so it was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, who, who else no, played well? What's that? Who else played well for you, mate? Uh, our fullback Jordan Kenobi was playing on Harrison Pitt, who's you know terrible spearhead, and he did a really good job on him. He kept him goalless. Um, Nathan Smith across half back was great for us. He got a lot of footing and rebounded really well for us off half back, and, and our midfield were fantastic. You know, Josh Kinsford, Rick White, they were all really good through the middle of Damien Hector, uh, and, and Cal Bond as well did a really good job in the middle. He was um, working pretty closely on Bish and and did a great job and then uh, overall it was it was a good performance probably across the park for us like to beat Terrigal in any any day you know you've got to have a you've got to have a pretty complete performance but to beat them in a big game you know everything's got to work well so it was it was good Chuck how does it uh, how's preparation leading up to the GF how's it look for you guys 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a fine balance, I guess. We guys are pretty excited to be in a grand final and being at one at home, so we're trying to enjoy it as much as we can, but but recognise that you know we've got to be us and we've got to stick to our structures and and do all the all the behaviours and habits that got us where we are. So you know, training's very similar. We're not changing anything. We're just continuing to work on the things that we believe can get us points um, and just keep refining what's got us where we are. But it is exciting, and we do want to get that right balance between uh, enjoying it, but keep it a little bit. And, and Corey, will you go and watch the prelim final? So, Terrigal of Oak are up against Cardiff. So, Cardiff knocked out Newcastle City last week, a fairly comfortable victory. So, will you go check that game out? It's at Fagan Oval. Yeah, definitely. Our women are playing in a prelim final against Cardiff as well. So, that's first mm. up. So, we'll, we'll watch that and then definitely be watching the, the Cardiff Terrigal game. Um, just a get it as much much of a, an idea and an advantage as we can going to next week. You know, Shaq, I reckon you're almost, you just put your own house in order now. Like, you've proven you're the best team all year. You've mm -hmm. had a comfortable victory in the major semi. And I remember Stephen Folks, the late, great Stephen Folks, he'd often say that it's just all about his own team. Like, you know what the opposition are going to throw at you, but if you bring your best footy, you're going to be extremely hard to beat in the big one. Yeah, that's right, and that's probably the mindset we're at, is that we know that we've just got to be the best version of ourselves, and if we do that, that's that's the way we want to play, and that can win us the game. So, um, you know, obviously we want to know what the opposition's got and what they bring, but yeah, like you said, I don't think anything will change whether we play Cardiff or Terrible. We just, we just got to play our best brand of footy, and, and I think it's proven through the season that that's good enough. Yeah. It must be nice going into a game like that where, you, you know, you've got that confidence, you know that if you do step up, then... Um, you know, you, your boys can get the job done. Yeah, it is good, and it's good, and it's good for the, the, the group as well that we don't have to change messages or we don't have to try anything different or play a different brand of football. We just we play our brand and we just continue to deliver on that. And like I said, it's it's doing as well so far. So yeah, I don't think there's any reason for us to change that. And it is it is much easier to coach when you're not trying to react to other teams. Yeah, you know the other big one too, Buttes, is finally you're getting that monkey off your back that you've beaten Terrigal a couple of times now. Yeah. Like you're growing in confidence every time you beat them because, you know, they have been a benchmark. They've been one of the best, I guess, regional AFL clubs in New South Wales for the last decade. Is that fair to say, Corey? Oh, without a doubt. Like their record for the last decade is outstanding, you know, and having Chris Bishop as a coach is just driven the standards and they, they do everything well and what they've done yeah, for the last 10 years in terms of performances, they've, they haven't really missed, they haven't missed a grand final, I think they've won about six premierships um, and I think before this season they'd won about 40 or 50 games in a row so um, extremely consistent and, and a great side, so like you said to have that you know, we hadn't beaten them for 10 or 12 years until earlier in the season but to get that off the back and then have done it a couple of times uh, that belief is, is really really important to the group and I, I think we can you can feel it now. There's, there's a real belief that we can be terrible on our day. Hey, Corey, one more question for you, mate. Can you believe what unfolded last night? It has been the best AFL final series I think I can ever remember. Week one, that game between Collingwood and Geelong, when you watch the highlights again, it had some of the biggest moments. Some of the goals that were kicked were just phenomenal, including Jeremy Cameron, who had a blinder. But then last night, Brisbane down by 28. They somehow find a way against the reigning premiers and they roll into week three of the final series. Can you remember a final series like it and what were your thoughts of Brisbane last night? 
Yeah, I agree. That at the moment, it's a, for the AFL, it's, it's a dream final series so far. The games have been amazing. Even the Fremantle game last week, you know, that was that was all done and dusted and they pulled their way back for a you know, massive turnaround. And yeah, and in terms of last night, I, 15 minutes in, I, I thought Melbourne were going to win by 10 goals. I thought Brisbane didn't have a chance. And then they just changed their brand and played a more of attacking style and straightened themselves up. And yeah, like, a, you know, what a performance. I, I had it written off for all costs. So... Uh, hopefully tonight's the same. Hopefully we get a similar a similar turn up tonight, and then yeah, bring on next week, I suppose, if we got the Swans, and uh, who knows where we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm giving you a uh, standing well done, ovation. Mate. Well done. Congratulations, mate. Kalani Val Bombers through to the grand final, chasing a flag for the first time since 2007. Enjoy the week, mate, and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Corey Shackleton, head coach of the Kalani Val Bombers. Halftime here in the President's Cup. Yes. And, and another penalty goal. So that's the third to the Terrigal Trojans, but they trail 13 to 9. Your thoughts on the opening half? Well, it looks like Advoker have been dominating. Uh, it's, I've got to say, it's been a little bit scrappy, to be honest with you, Steve. But, uh, you know, that's I guess that's the tension of uh, finals football and uh, all the pressure that comes uh, with that. But, uh, yeah, Terrigal is staying in the game. Three penalty goals, keeps them in the contest. Two tries, two Advoker. Uh, and a 13-9 half-time score. Uh, it'll be interesting to well, see how this second half plays out. When you said about Scrappy, there's a fairly gusty wind and yes. it's favouring the team that's running toward the northern end. Um, Terrigal go into their huddle now, arm in arm. Brothers in arms. Brothers at in the, arms, there they are. At the southern end of the stadium. And uh, we're off to a break. We'll come back in a moment. Uh, thanks to all of our guests, by the way. And mm. if you missed any of our guests this morning, you can check out the... SEN Catch-Up Podcast on the SEN app. We do this all thanks to Robson Civil Projects and McDonald Jones Homes. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at... Woi Woi Oval for the Rugby Major Semi-Finals today and we're about to see the kickoff in the second half of the President's Cup. So Avoca to get us underway. And Avoca leading in this game 13-9. So fairly gusty conditions. Avoca scored two tries in the opening half and for Terrigal, the Trojans, three penalty goals. And these two clubs will meet later on today and you can imagine what first grade's going to be like with the winner through to the 2022 Grand Final. Yep, it's going to be an absolute cracker. And, mate, there's plenty of uh, rugby action down here today. I think there's another four games today, uh, including the women's tens, uh, the Premier One major semi-final between Terrigal and Avoca. Uh, we've also got the um, Premier 2 Lakes versus Avoca Beach and then the other uh, semi-final when it comes to the Premier 1, Carry On versus Razorback. So plenty of rugby action here today and I, I dare say with the sunshine we're going to get plenty of people down here at uh, various stages. Hey Buttes, uh, just want to talk to you about Parramatta last night. Yep. So they, they lose Mitchell Moses. And then Penrith just absolutely annihilate Parramatta. Have you seen the Mitchell Moses where he was knocked out, left the field? Thankfully, he walked off the field, but at first it looked absolutely terrible for Mitchell Moses. And at that stage, I thought he might even miss next week. Like, what are you hearing as a, a former Parramatta great? What's, what's the well, word coming out of the club this morning? Well, I think the main thing is, you know, obviously his health is, is the priority. There's no doubt about that. And um, I think we've seen a couple of these over the last few weeks. Though. We saw Victor Radley 
come off the field uh, last week. In fact, he convulsing and uh, shaking on the field, which was pretty horrific. Yeah, the worst uh, one I've seen. Yeah, um, but he'll be available, I think, for the uh, uh, the Roosters tomorrow, which is a big plus for them. Uh, and Moses, obviously, he's such a big influence on that side. Um, you know, they're going to do all they can to get, ensure that the protocols are put in place. Cam Murray, we saw last week, he got knocked out in the first 30 seconds of the game. So there's... Um, the thing I like about it is and what the game has done, uh, the NRL, is they've... And the clubs, they've made it a priority and it's important they do and continue to do that. Um, and, you know, it's... The focus is on the, the well-being of the player and uh, the condition the, um, and how that all looks. So from that end, um, I think they'll do all they can. Obviously, he's such an important player to them. And I don't think they can actually go on and win the competition without Mitchell Moses uh, steering the side around the park. So, Are you worried about your old club going out in straight sets? Uh, it concerns me. After the performance last night, yes. I, I, you know what I've got to say? Going into the game... I was extremely confident in terms of the way they've played, and it's on, push and shove. Um, they are coming from everywhere. Um, yeah, I was concerned. I was extremely confident going into this uh, game uh, and didn't really think whether it was going to be overly important whether they won or lost last night, but I guess the concerning part was the way they played last night. And it just, you know, Clarkie touched on, touched on it earlier. They really didn't, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just felt like Penrith were in control the whole way throughout that uh, game. So, look, it's going to be interesting. I've got to tell you, it's a, it's a great final series. And, yeah, they've got to turn it around. This is a really big test for Brad Arthur as a coach. Yeah, Butes, uh, the game that is on this afternoon. So Raiders up against the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. When you look at their head-to-head record, now people will tell you Canberra's got a good record against Melbourne, but head-to-head they played 51, Melbourne 36, the Green Machine 15. But as a form guide, Raiders have won four of their last five, including a, a huge win over the West Tigers, big win over the Seagulls, gritty win where they yeah. got home late against the Knights, uh, and they also won by two against the Dragons. For the Melbourne Storm, now normally they are humming in September. A loss to the Eels, 22-14. Lost to the Roosters 18-14. Then a couple of massive wins against the Broncos and the Titans, but they also beat the reigning Premier's Penrith. So it's an intriguing battle, this one. Certainly, I think the Raiders have won their last four games against the Storm down in Melbourne. So they've certainly got uh, form on their side when it comes to uh, competing against the, the Storm. Look, the Raiders haven't had a lot of stiff competition over the last five weeks. Right, uh, and they've won the last four, you know, Dragons, Titans, Knights, Seagulls, you know, teams that are not in the top uh, eight. So that's given them a lot of confidence going into this game. Uh, they've certainly, uh, I, I think the way they're playing and the, and the style of footy that they're playing uh, is good. But, you know, I look at this Melbourne Storm side, and despite the fact that they've had two losses in recent weeks, they have been against top sides. But they've been competitive. And Melbourne Storm are always competitive. They're always going to, you know, be in the contest. And it'll be no different tonight, today, um, against the Raiders. I can't see, to be honest, I can't see the Raiders getting the job done against the Storm. I think they'll be too good. Yeah. Hey, Butes, uh, I, I want to skip the game tonight. Two versus three on the ladder. So Sharks versus Cowboys. I want to talk about the elimination game tomorrow. I, yeah. can't, I can't wait for it. 
absolute blockbuster. One of these teams will go out. So the Rabbitohs, who were runners-up last year against the Roosters, who've been one of the form sides of the competition. Uh, you know, these two teams, they absolutely hate each other, Buttes. Yeah. Look at the lineup here, Steve. Like, the f- two full-backs going at it. Yeah. Latrell and, Mitchell, James Tedesco. Yeah, and my key question for you is, last week the Roosters found a way to nullify Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, they did. And you know what? The, their kicking was sensational, but more importantly... Their kick chase was sensational. They did not miss a beat. They gave him no room to move at all. And I, I think... So how does South overcome that? I mean, you played almost 300 games. What do you do between last week and this week that changes the equation and gets it more in your favour? You accept the fact that they're going to continue to do what they did last week. Right? So you're going to get... He's got to get his positioning right, uh, Latrell Mitchell, and make sure that he's uh, getting the ball. But also, I think what he needs to be doing is ensuring that he... Uh, he's doing a lot of stuff off the ball and, and not relying on the kick return as his as his way of making metres. He's actually got to get his hands on the ball more. Uh, and I think if he does that, and there's no reason why he shouldn't be doing that. No, again, I said earlier, I think that they weren't where they needed to be last uh, last week. Uh, whereas this week, I think Latrell will have a big game. We heard him throughout the week talking about you know being booed by the crowd, etc. And you know, for me, I just sideshow. Yeah, I look at that and I think that's an, a, a, enough to stir him up. Um, and if they do that, then yeah, they do so at their own uh, peril, uh, I think. There's a massive in for South Sydney. That is Damien Cook. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. He's, you know, they've... Gee, he's, he, you know, we know how good he is. And, and to have him back is a big plus for the um, uh, for the Rabbitohs. Uh, so when you've got Latrell, Cody Walker... Uh, Alex Johnson, you know, his performance, Steve, Alex Johnson, like leading try scorer again, like he's just, yeah. oh, I think he's 40-odd tries away from Ken, Ken Irvine. Ken Irvine's yeah. record. Like, Incredible. Hey, Buttes, we're starting to get the wind-up. Mate, we certainly uh, are. A couple of Central Coast boys on the bench for the Roosters. Connor Watson, Adam Kieran yes. has been named on the bench. Should be a cracker of a game. Give me a winner. Oh, I think, oh, jeez. You know what, <laughs> it's one of these things, oh, I reckon it's actually a toss of the coin. Oh, you can give me 20 reasons why South will win. And I can give you 20 reasons yeah, why the Roosters Just give me one, one okay. winner. I'm going to give you one winner. I think it'll be the Roosters. Yeah. Right. Uh, thank you to Josh Kind, uh, our technician extraordinaire. Thanks to Adam Staples back at headquarters. We love you, Staples. Uh, thanks for the job you do. Uh, thanks also to Central Coast Rugby. We've loved this day as Terrigal about to take another penalty shot. Uh, and just our final thoughts on Queen Elizabeth II passing away. Uh, the loss of a legend at the age of 96. Terrible. Sat on the throne for longer than anyone in history. And uh, thanks for joining us this weekend. Enjoy whatever sporting event you're going to or whatever you're watching. We'll catch you next week on Saturdays on the Coast.